Hello, we want to thank today's sponsor, FindMeCandidates.com. Between job boards and social media, it can be a daunting task to determine the best place to post your job opening. And when you are trying to figure that out, we highly recommend FindMeCandidates.com for just $4.99 a month with absolutely no contract. You can get your job listed in the most popular job boards and more importantly in premium placement on those job boards. You can't get this anywhere else. It's an excellent service to get more candidates to fill the position for your company. Go check it out at findmecandidates.com. Welcome to Business Playmakers, the podcast that meets with innovators, trailblazers, and leaders to learn about their experience and what success really means. Hosted by entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. The Business Playmakers podcast is brought to you by Employer Blueprint. Employer Blueprint is focused on developing great leaders and high-performing managers through one-on-one coaching and group workshops. To schedule coaching for you or your team, simply visit EmployerBlueprint.com. Personality Assessments for Business. I am often asked whether we should be using personality assessments in the hiring process, and if so, how we should use those. I know of some companies that will actually use personality assessments, such as Myers-Briggs or DISC or PXT. Um, there's a plethora of them out in the market. And, and the question often comes up to say, should we be using that to make our hiring decision? Um, and there are some people that would argue that, yes, you should use that for a hiring decision. My belief is that it should not be used as a primary tool in the hiring decision, uh, but it is a great way to understand how to coach and manage and communicate with someone that you bring into your organization. So there's an incredible value in understanding the personality of someone that is going to fit into the organization, but I'm not a huge fan of uh, putting a lot of weight into personality assessment for the hiring decision in and of itself. And today's guest will actually talk through some of the reasons that this is beneficial to do these uh, uh, assessments, these personality assessments. He talks about the DISC assessment specifically and how you can use this DISC assessment to understand your own traits that maybe you've not analyzed and defined before, but then also how you can use that to better understand uh, the personality of the people on your team. And this is an incredible value because as you understand the personality of the people of your team, it helps open up channels of communication, helps you better understand how to uh, uh, convey a message to someone and how to receive a message to someone based on their personality. And as a leader in your organization, it is critically important that you learn to adapt to these communication styles so that you can get your vision out there, so that you can communicate the strategy that you have in your business. And you'll never be able to effectively do that until you fully understand the personalities of the people that are in your organization. So uh, really pay attention to this. And we're going to break down other things in today's conversation as we talk to Gregory Gray, who's a leading business coach, specifically focused on the unique needs of small businesses. But uh, really pay attention as we talk through people versus processes and then how we take these assessments. And it helps us develop our team um, and, and the communication gaps that we sometimes face in those. If you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and uh, 
hope you enjoy this week's episode. Well, I want to thank you for joining us uh, this week on the show. Uh, we have our friend uh, Gregory Gray, whose um, aspiration is to help business owners get to a sense of freedom, which I think many of us can understand and agree. Um, that is a big challenge as a business owner. We sometimes feel uh, locked in and tied into our business and and um, and so being able to enjoy some freedom and get a sense of freedom is certainly um, a big challenge that, that we constantly are facing and looking at. So, uh, Greg, first of all, just thanks for joining us. But then also, I'm going to hand it over to you here. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey, uh, kind of your, your career and what led to where you are now? Very good. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Um, the, the place I came from is the corporate world. I was uh, in the corporate space for over 20 years, particularly manu- manufacturing for the most most of the time. And so what got me to where I am today is I saw a lot of the ills throughout my career. I was blessed to work for some really great companies and, and saw some things done right. And I saw some things that weren't done so right. And so in about 2010, uh, I stepped out of uh, the corporate world. And, and actually, at the same time, I started a con- consulting business to work on leadership and organizational development. I actually bought an insurance agency con- conversely at the same time. And the reason was I, w- I was trying to get an income stream in a, in a small business at the same time I could work on my consulting uh, venture. And that led to number one, not liking the uh, insurance agency after a couple of years and having to sell it. And, and it also gave me time to ramp up my consulting business and, and it took off. And um, the, the main focus for consulting at the time was leadership and team development. So that's where I spent quite a few years still do that, but um, more on the small business sector now. So, yeah. And um, you know, and that's obviously that's a, a big target area of ours. It's a, a segment that we like to help out as well. So I'm interested to know, um, you know, with all of the businesses out there, why in particular have you decided that the small business uh, owner is, is a space that you particularly like to help? Well, for a couple of reasons. Number one, they need the help. They need it desperately. Uh, the small business owner gets left behind a lot of the the uh, trends and things that happen through the business world because uh, the business owner has multiple hats and they don't have the corporate team that a lot of corporations have that can go out and, and seek these resources and things. And so we see that as a need. Uh, that's number one. Number two is the corporate world is, is I mean, they pay well. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed mm-hmm. the, uh, the interactions and the Mm-hmm. And, and dealing with some of those corporations, uh, did a lot of travel with them, um, which um, is something I'm trying not to do in my career as much as travel as much anymore. So um, that's sort of a, a side benefit to working with small business. But the second real reason is because the, the, um, the small business owner takes what we teach them and they, they push it quicker and faster than a, a corporation would. So uh, we're all about taking action and implementation and, you know, people say knowledge is power. and We always uh, counteract them and say, uh, no, knowledge is not power. It's applied knowledge is power. I can, I've can i spoken to a lot of people, a lot of corporations that have gotten the knowledge and they never did anything with it. And so, quite honestly, I met where I am in my career and I want to see things happen and change. And I don't want to just do things for the sake of making money. I want to do things for the sake of making change. Mm-hmm. That, that's great. That's uh, I, I couldn't agree more. That's one of the things that I've really grown a passion for the small business community over the last uh, ten years or so. And um, and you're exactly right. They 
they oftentimes just don't have the same types of resources that these large corporations have. And, um, and many companies, many consultants even are not out there uh, very intentionally trying to help them. And so it, it's a segment that often gets left behind. And yet as, as a business owner and as someone that supports other business owners, um, there is such a tremendous need for good quality content and support and, and mentors in that market because um, there's some loneliness in that space. It's hard for a lot of people to really understand uh, what the small business owner deals with on a day-to-day basis. So I commend you and thank you for um, trying to continue to, to help that space. I want to uh, talk for just a second here, Greg, you know, through the course of your career, um, have you had a few mentors that have maybe helped kind of shape and guide you to where you are now that, that you can look back on and recognize have really uh, helped form uh, the leader that you've become? Oh, absolutely. If, if you don't have mentors, you're, you're not really becoming what you can be. Um, I'd say my first mentor that really had an impact on my career, myself personally, was uh, a gentleman I'll call him Dave, and Dave was uh, the president of a company where I was uh, in operations management with back years and years ago when I was in my 20s, and he taught me a lot and really impressed on me some some things that I'll never forget, and so that was my first, uh, I guess, didn't know it at the time, but it was, it was my first uh, venture into having a mentor. Mm-hmm. You know, he was doing it, and I didn't even know it. Um, yeah. To look back, and then, and then I've had a couple other mentors along the way through those through those corporate years that were very good. That were outside the normal corporate role. They were ju- they just took me under their wings as an individual, as somebody they saw that had potential, and and really leaned a lot uh, into my space and helped me along the way in, in ways that I you know can never repay them personally, but I can repay others, which is what we mm-hmm. try to do. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of lessons learned along the way that if if you haven't been there before, you can't learn without a mentor. Because they have that experiential knowledge that is invaluable. So, yeah. uh, and, and then I can say there's some mentors out there that I didn't have necessarily a working relationship with that I mm-hmm. that I've leaned into. You know, through either engagements through masterminds or through reading their books and, and taking their courses and those kind of things. So mm-hmm. those add up as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's always good when we can invest in ourselves um, mm-hmm. and find those people. It, to your point, that have kind of been through the trenches uh, that can help us as we start to encounter those same trenches. Um, in reality, there's very little that we could ever go through that someone hasn't been through, although it sometimes feels lonely. Uh, but the reality is a lot of people have experienced those things before. It's, it's intentionally going out and finding those people and finding ways to, um, to learn from them anytime we have the chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know one thing that uh, that's important to you is um, uh, masterminds and, and, and being able to kind of bring these communities together. Um, let's talk about that for just a minute here. W- what are the benefits that you have found uh, in in kind of forming, creating, and having people around these mastermind groups? I mean, maybe just start off, Greg. Just tell us, you know, how would you, how do you define what is a mastermind group? But then, um, but then beyond that, what are some benefits that you find and reasons that you recommend people get engaged in those? Yeah, a mastermind is really a group of people that's together for uh, uh, the main purpose is to eliminate isolation and, mm-hmm. and give uh, different perspectives and thoughts on things. Um, you know, you can form masterminds for a lot of different reasons. Some do it on purely a business basis. Some people do it, uh, you know, spiritual or faith basis. Some people do it uh, just as a group that wants to uh, help each other succeed and be better in life. I believe all those really kind of come together if you're doing a mastermind right under, under one veil. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, some masterminds are just men only, women only, those kind of things. 
the thing that we do in our business, we put masterminds together of business owners, male, female, doesn't matter what uh, background you have. It, our main focus is to make you um, a better business owner, which mm-hmm. means you're willing to be a leader, help you be a leader, and to help you formulate a business that um, really provides you the freedom you desire and, and, and the income freedom, the time freedom, and the purpose freedom all wrap into that. Mm-hmm. And the the group that you're a part of, the mastermind group you're part of, really is is your sounding board, your board of directors, uh, if you will. Mm-hmm. Because business owners, we found, live in isolation. Um, yeah. They they can't talk to their team about everything because if they share everything with their team, now they're 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 letting the cat out of the bag, if you will, on certain things that they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the team will start um, second guessing their confidence, their direction, and so forth. So they need yeah. a place they can share some things and, and mirror some things and see how it sounds before they actually take it to their team mm-hmm. or make strategic decisions that the team really should not be a part of. Mm-hmm. And the mastermind is completely invaluable for that because you can be as transparent and open as possible in a mastermind if it's set up right, right. and get, get the true honest feedback. Uh, and get direction and actually uh, sometimes uh, kicked in the, in the pants a few times <laughs> to get your yeah. get yourself in the right direction, which has been uh, powerful for me. I know in my career and I've seen business owners change a lot because of these engagements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I um, you know, the old uh, kind of concept or term about being lonely at the top Um there's some there's some truth to that. There's some validity to that in that seat. And just as we talked a moment ago about the the business owner, and you know, not everybody really understands that. That's one of the things that I think is great about these mastermind groups is um, it gives you other people that are are going through the same things or have been through the same things. Um, and uh, and to your point, that isolation it kind of removes that isolation uh, where whenever those things come up, it gives you a chance to have a group of people to go to and say, "Hey, I'm facing this." And, and others understand you and understand the struggle and, and have the opportunity to try to um, uh, get you through those things in a way that's maybe been proven sometimes because of their successes and oftentimes even because of their failures, mm-hmm. because they say, well, I know I tried this, that didn't work. This is how we were able to pivot into something different. So um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of great value in being able to, to come together with like-minded people, especially in that ownership seat, um, because uh, otherwise we can definitely feel very isolated um, and not yeah, know where to go. You sure can. And one of the things that we do in our masterminds is we have what's called man in the middle. Mm-hmm. And that means each business owner gets a chance uh, periodically, mm-hmm. you know, depending on how many people in the group. So it could be every, you know, eight or 10 weeks to actually get in the middle, and actually take uh, a period of time to share about their specific business and get mm-hmm. very detailed feedback. So it's not just right. an ad hoc conversation happening from time to time. It's actually planned where there's a, there's a time for each person to go through that middle. Mm-hmm. You can call it the hot seat or whatever you want to, but it's, <laughs> it's a place where they get redirected sometimes. And sometimes it's a place they get, you know, pumped up and motivated and other mm-hmm. times it's, it's tough. So, but it is what you need at the moment. And we find that those are just as invaluable as anything you can get. And, so you get the hot seat piece and then we, we a lot of times talk about books and things we read mm-hmm. or we talk about, you know, uh, things that are going on in the economy, whatever it might be that people have their mind on, you can address that. But the main goal is to help each person leave there a better person and with a better business. Yeah. Yeah. So when someone is considering a mastermind, uh, they're thinking about getting involved in that. What are some things that they should be looking for to determine whether it's uh, right for them and whether a particular group is right for them? 
Well, it's it's very important for a person that enters a mastermind to know that they have to be engaged. They have to show up yeah. every time. Um, now, there's going to be that once once in a blue moon where you don't show up or you can't show up because you have a you know a family emergency or a, a business trip that that coincides whatever. But if if we have um, things that we're talking about, subjects that are that are kind of ongoing then you need to find a way to communicate that to your group if you're not showing up so somebody can, you know, bring your information and fill in. Um, it's, it's kind of like uh, uh, anything that you're, that you're a part of that, that you have responsibility for. It's not a place to come and take. It's a place to come and give. Yeah, that's great. So, mm-hmm. so if you have that perspective, then you've got what a mastermind is all about. So, yeah. you know, you're, you're in the man in the middle once in a while or a woman in the middle once in a while. And when you're in that middle, yeah, you can, you can get some stuff. Mm-hmm. But the other eight or nine times you're given. Mm-hmm. So you need to be, we, we call it a full cup mode. You know, you need to be coming in with things that you need to share. Um, we, we like to do big wins and, you know, give some positive um, feedback and positive engagement outside of your normal self. So mm-hmm. if you come across something this week that, that, for example, really helped your business, don't hold back on it. Share it with your mastermind. It, it, it's, yeah. it's really like a family. It becomes very intimate um, so if you're not willing to do that, don't join one. Yeah. Second, you got to look at it as an investment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some cost to these masterminds. And sure. The, the costs are there because the facilitators have to have to, you know, take care of their families and things too. Mm-hmm. But the costs are so small compared to the benefits you'll get out of it. Uh, I personally am in a mastermind outside of the masterminds that I run, mm-hmm. and I would not be without it. And it's and it was not by any stretch of the imagination cheap. I mean, it's 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 expensive for a reason because right. there's an investment there and the, the quality of what you put in is the quality of what you get out. So people that eventually leave a mastermind, you can always tell the people that are because they're the ones not putting in anyway. Mm-hmm. So they'll leave them. Well, that didn't do me very well. It's not very few that leave, but the few that do, it's usually because they're not receiving what they think they receive. But I can guarantee if you marry that up to what they've been giving, they got exactly what they put into it. So yeah. if your frame of mind's not right, there's no sense engaging in one quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's good. That's important for people to understand. I'm glad you shared that. It's uh, it's important for people to understand that not just go out and and sign up for one and then expect you know mm-hmm. to get poured into. And the way you put that is perfect. That it's something that we've got to be. If we go into it the mindset that we're going to be able to help others, um, then then in return we're we're going to be we will benefit from it. Uh, but you see people way too often come into those situations just saying, well, what am I going to get out? What am I going to get out? But if we go into it, if, if you have everyone going into it with the mentality that well, how can I support and help these others? Um, it's amazing what we get, you know, just that, that concept of givers gain and mm-hmm. servant leadership in that way. You, you talked a little bit um, about the freedom. And I know that's, that's really a focus of yours is providing this sense of freedom uh, for the business owner one of the things that's kind of a unique uh, kind of balance in, in this freedom concept is um, in order for us to achieve a level of freedom in our business, we've got to be surrounded by a great team of people. And yet, oftentimes, it's the development of that team that causes so much freedom and shackling to the business. Um, so let's talk about this for just a minute. What are some things that you... Uh, kind of work with companies on and understanding how to develop these teams that can provide them a sense of freedom uh, in the long run. 
let me give a little context there first. There, there's two parts of a business, and I'm very much simplifying a business here, but there's two parts to it. Um, there's there's the process side and there's the people side. And of yeah. course, that results in performance or profits or whatever, you know, purpose, whatever those, uh, whatever you want to come out of the business, whatever your goal is. And so you have certain business owners that are very focused on the on the processes. And they're like, oh, if I get my processes right, then I don't have to have the best people. I can just get the processes dialed in. Then there are other business owners that say, hey, if I have the great, great greatest people, then I don't have to worry about the processes. And I'll be the first to say, you got to have both. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the question is always, which one do you work with first, the people or processes? And I always say, well, whichever one you're open to working with, and then I'll help you. And once we get that done, we'll go work on the other because it <laughs> takes both. Yeah. And and people and processes, if you can kind of picture this, if you put them side by side, just if you just drew this on a whiteboard and you had a circle with a P in it and a circle with a P in it or side by side, then you drew a, drew a line around them. It looks sort of like a rubber band. When, when you increase the processes of the business and so they become better, that stretches that rubber band. The people are sitting mm-hmm. still. So you can see that rubber band is still, it's getting tighter and tighter. So now you're constricting your processes because you don't have the best people or there are people who aren't aligned to the processes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same conversely is if you, if you go increase your people, and you got the people working in a better alignment, but your processes aren't very good, then it's going to straight. The people can only go so far till you get the processes fixed. Right. Um, but if I had to pick one, I would say start with the people because once you get the people in line and moving, then they can go help you turn around and take those processes and move those along too. Mm-hmm. So let me answer your first question, which was, so what do you do to work on those teams? Well, it, it's, it's very simple. One of the first things we do is we do, uh, we use the disc assessment a lot and we'll do a disc assessment on all the team members mm-hmm. to find out what really makes them tick. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm making this very simplified, but sure. if you have your organizational chart put together correctly and you, we don't do it with people's names, we do it with people's positions. So if you have the positions on an org chart and you know what all, each of those roles and responsibilities are of that organization, clearly know what those are. And then, you know, the disc profiles of each of those people, you can look and say, okay, are they in the right role or not based upon their personality, makeup, their behaviorals, uh, potentials? Can they really function in that role very well? Mm-hmm. So then you have to start looking and say, okay, where are our gaps? So you have to work on that part first. And then let's just assume that all gets put together. Well, then the second phase is now let's take this team and let's make it a well-oiled machine by going through some activities such as let's share each other's disc profile with each other and know what makes each other tick, how to communicate with each other, mm-hmm. because that's usually where the, the, the breakup of, of teams happens is through lack of proper communication. So, for example, I'm a high DI on the disc profile. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to come in my office and talk to me, you want to get to the bottom line very quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm engaging, but I don't want a lot of details. I'm going to make a decision very quickly because that's, that's what a D is. Right. For example, my wife is an SC on the on the disc profile. My wife is, you know, S means they like to be very steady. They like security. They don't want to rock the boat. And and the C means she's detailed. So I, I come in with her and I need to be very calm. You know, my D doesn't work well with an SC, you know. Right. So you know, right. how we've been married 22 years is because I know that and I know how to change my my dialogue when I come and speak to her. Yeah. If I come to her and say, hey, let's just do this, let's do that. She's, whoa, 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 slow down. I need to get more information. Mm-hmm. So I come to her with a little more information and a little calmer and then let her make a decision. Then we can, we can move. Mm-hmm. If, if she comes to me and says, Hey, let me tell you the story. And she just goes on and on with the story. My D is like turned off. And I'm like, well, come on, what, what do you want? You know? Right. Right. So I use that as an example to say, well, we, you know, we've been married 22 years happily because we know that about each other. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with the business team. You have to know what makes each other's tick, what the communication style of each other is 
what your behavioral tendencies are, and then you can make sure people are in the right roles. Then you can worry about the skills and all those other things. So that's, right. that's where we start. And then we go through team building exercises and those mm-hmm. type of things as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Something I want to hit on that I think is uh, so critical and that is easily gets lost in all of that is that you focus on the position and not the names, the yes. focusing on the, the position at hand and not the names because we see all too often, um, especially I think the smaller the business, the more often you see this, where we try to take a person and because of their skill set, background, personality, we just try to cram them into a spot in the organization. We say, well, they're so good that we've got and they can do something here uh, instead of recognizing, well, these are the the positions and, and the way I sometimes leave refer to it is let's build a positional org chart, a structural mm-hmm. org chart. What are all of the what are all of the positions that need to get filled? What are all of the responsibilities within the organization? Then once we know everything that is involved to make this this organization run, then we can plug names into those spots. And someone may sit a name, the same name may be on a marketing side as are on a finance side in a small business. But mm-hmm. what are all of the roles and responsibilities? Then we can determine what names get fit in there. But I, that's such a critical component is focusing on the position. And then does the personality kind of match up with the position at hand? Or do you have the wrong person in the wrong seat? Um, uh, that's that's a critical point there. I think is really important to remember uh, when it comes to those personality uh, assessments and trying to figure out how people fit in. Yeah, we call that people agnostic org okay. chart. So, you know, people agnostic yeah. means you just you just have the roles like you said. You figure out every role you need. Yeah, and then you then you figure out who who you have in your team, what you're missing, and then you can go fill that chart back in with names. Right, right. But names don't matter at the beginning, and yeah. so you said it perfectly fine. I mean small business, you may have three or five employees. You may be doing, each person might be doing three roles, but at least you got those three roles and each role has to have its own role and responsibility. So I may have these three roles and responsibilities I'm doing this week, but a year from now, I may only be doing two and three years from now, I may only be doing one of those because we've had to hire the other two out because we've gotten so big. So that's the reason why you do that now Yeah, because you want to grow and you want the company to grow into the, where each role has its own person. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Now, so on those personality assessments, um, how do you use those to help the leader in the organization understand um, the, those communication traits, those communication styles that are needed? Uh, what kind of coaching points do you give to people to help them understand how to adapt to that with other people in the organization? Well, the the profiles, when they come out, they're, they're very clear. They have actually documentation on them that tells you how to best communicate to each style. Yeah. And, and so we do a very good job of walking them through what a D is, what an I is, what mm-hmm. an S is, what a C is, and then the combination of those as they mix and mingle. Right. And we'll actually take the team members around the table, if you will, and and go through each one of theirs and share with each other um the best way to communicate or not communicate to them. And the best way we know to do that is we'll go to each person and say, okay, look, on your on your on the printout sitting in front of you, if you're disc profile, you know, there's a there's a, a myriad of items there that says how not to communicate to you and how to pick your top two or three in each one. And that's what you're going to share with the team. Not all of them, but just top two or three. And usually right. there's two or three that come out as a pet peeve and they're like, yeah, do not do this to me. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. the one everybody goes, oh, we can't do we we can't come with details with this person or we, yeah. we got to come with details with this person yeah. or, or they want to be face to face versus email or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. So we just, we just pick the top two or three for each person and share that with the team. And then uh, we've actually had some clients go so far and, and I, and I agree with this, just go so far to have uh, their disc profile put on a, on a card. So when they have a meeting, they can set it right in front of them. So every meeting, everybody's reminded of what the disc profile of that person is. So it's always in front of them. 
That's neat. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's different ways of doing it, but um, it's critical to know that and, it, and it's valuable to know that. So why mm-hmm. wouldn't you want to use it in every interaction you right. have? Right. And then also the other thing is to, when you're hiring, you know, you know what you're looking for in, in the hire from a disc mm-hmm. profile as well. So mm-hmm. we use that in the hiring process and, and, and that's just one third of the, the hiring process, but it's, yeah. it's an important piece. Yeah. Have you found, because uh, I think it is incredibly valuable to share and understand the pet peeves of people around the organization. Have you found that it sometimes can be difficult for people to share that in certain organizations or with certain leadership types? Oh, for sure. I mean, depending on the culture of the organization you go into, um, anytime you're trying to do something that's seemingly personal, it can either be easy or hard. Yeah. Um, I would say that most of the organizations that we go into, it's... Um, I say most, I'm just going to say 70% just as a number that seems pretty close, but about 70% of the ones we go into trust is somewhat low because they don't have solid processes or they don't have, yeah. you know, proper communication. So therefore trust is low. Right. So when you start unveiling all these things, they're a little concerned what all this means, but once you show them how, how um, this can help you evolve into a trusting organization, all of a sudden they're like, man, we should have done this a long time ago. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you have to break that ice and you have to build some trust there a little bit along the way. Mm-hmm. Some of the business leaders look at me, you know, like, okay, I don't know how we're going to do this. I, right. I, you know, that we're, we've got a tough team situation here. I said, well, let's just, let's just take the, uh, the time to do it right and not yeah. force it on anybody. Ease into it. You show yours first. You're the owner. That's right. If you do it, then you've broken the ice for everybody, right? Right. And I show mine all the time to clients all over the place because I'm like, hey, here's mine. It's nothing to be ashamed of. I'm proud of it. None of them are good or bad. They just are what they are. Yes. That's just who you are. Yeah. So, yeah, we do do see difficulties at times. Um, uh, Every now and then I go into a client. We're like, oh, yeah, this is great. And they just just do it very readily. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doesn't mean their culture is great. They just happen to have a transparency that some other places don't have. And right. but what you will find at the end of the ga- engagement, if the culture is where it needs to be, this is something they don't have a problem with whatsoever. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I know this is, this is kind of a, a high level question here, but um, again, you know, thinking in terms of, of your focus in um, giving business owners a better balance and business and in life and providing some freedom, um, kind of a high level overview, Greg, of how you do that. What's that process look like and, and how do you help uh, business owners out there achieve a, a greater level of freedom in their life? Well, our tagline is, you know, clarity to help you create massive freedom in your life and business. And, and really that's what we're doing is providing clarity. And we do that in two simple ways, uh, coaching and education. Yeah. You have to have the knowledge. You have to know and understand certain things, whether it's a hard skill, a tactical skill, or a, or a soft skill, like mm-hmm. we just talked about leadership. Either one, you have to understand it first. So right. the business owner has to get their mind around what's needed and what they're missing out on. And, you know, basically you're trying to fill in uh, when they say they don't know what they don't know. You're trying to give them that knowledge so they do know now. And mm-hmm. they go, oh, I see the gap. So that's number one. And then number two is once you get the knowledge, then we have to help them implement that. So we have a system that we use and we take them through. It's a very uh, progressive system. Mm -hmm. We start with a vision story, which is the most important thing we think that any business owner can have is where they want to be in life and business. What does that freedom look like for them? Right. Then we work from that and go through modules like delegation and, and building your org chart and how to have team meetings and mm-hmm. how to build your processes and on and on and on. I could go through all of them, but there's like mm-hmm. 20 modules. We go mm-hmm. through all these modules and at the end of the day, their business is structured 
mm-hmm. and running without the business owner having to be there if they if they want it to be that way. Right. Uh, and it meets the vision story they're trying to build. Mm-hmm. And it generally takes, you know, 12 months or so to do that. But um, depending on the energy and resources you have, it can be done uh, as, as little as nine months or so, or it can be done, you know, 18 months. It, does, it doesn't matter right. as long as you get it done. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you work through, through the process. Yes. Well, uh, that's great. Uh, such a, such a need out there for that, for business owners to understand and then realize that I think many, uh, can relate to, um, just that isolation that, that we often feel and the lack of freedom that we have, uh, oftentimes because of our business, which, um, is funny just in that, that's so often the reason we got into small business. I got into business ownership is thinking, well, we're going to have better balance and better freedom, get out of that corporate environment or whatever it is. And yet we, you know, we get down the road and, and a few years later we realize, um, it's, uh, we still don't have freedom. It's just for a different reason. Uh, we right. were, we're shackled so much to that business. So I commend you on what you're doing. Uh, how can we learn more about you, about your process, about your system and, uh, and connect with you? Tell us more about that. Well, if you go to businessownerfreedom.com, mm-hmm. um, there's a couple of ways you engage with us. Number one is we have masterminds there we're building right now as we speak. So you can uh, you know sign up if you're interested more in mastermind. There's an application form that you'll go through because we want to make sure we have the right fit mm-hmm. uh, and which mastermind too. Uh, the second thing, there's a free uh, PDF for the vision story that I talked about, touched on briefly. That's the place that all business owners should start. Yeah. Um, and then and there's also a place where you can sign up and get on our email list and and be part of the community and we'll keep you informed. We, we send out blogs and do podca- podcasts ourselves every week. So it's uh, all about small business owners. Yeah. Well, very good, Greg. Thank you so much. I appreciate your insight, your information, and uh, appreciate your willingness to help these small business owners that um, really need it. So thank you so much for taking the time today to share. Well, thank you, Cal. It's my pleasure. Thank you for checking out today's Business Playmaker. Links to the resources discussed in today's episode are available in the show notes. For more information and resources from your host, you can visit him at www.kylegorman.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast for the latest episodes. And until next time, make it a great day.